talking uh, over the last month at John chapter 6 with the intention of getting what we're needing. It says that man cannot live on bread alone, but by his very word. We come in together as a church body to hear the word, to rub up against each other, for iron to sharpen iron. Um, but let me just read back over our vision again. is to be a loving family that seeks to be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, reaching our community through genuine relationships as we share the hope that we have found in Jesus. As we go into these meals on Wednesday night, again, we are. I would encourage you to come in here looking to be transformed. When you sit down at lunch with a fellow believer to be looking to be transformed and to be changed and for someone to be able to speak into your life. Too many times we put walls up and don't allow people to speak into our life. Now people, even today I had a conversation about some critical things and I was sensitive. I, my, my nerves were up. I, my, I was like a porcupine and I, was, I had my, whatever you call them, talons or whatever those things are, my quills out. But at the same time, just let me get it out. It's really healthy to talk about it if you just don't get offended by me letting it out. Let me kind of tell you, hey, you're hitting a nerve, but I'm not running. I want to talk about it, but it hurts. I still want to talk about it, though, but unfortunately, sometimes with my personality, I will snap so hard like a snapping turtle, the other person runs. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm just getting started. This is talking to me. Well, on that end, this is painful to me. Like, okay, well, let me try to say it a little bit gentler, but it hurts. It hurts. And that's okay. I will tell you that Satan uses defense mechanisms within us to keep us from talking about our hurts. And you know what? The, Satan would say, you know what? If you talk to that person about that, you're going to hurt that person. They're going to run from you. And you're going to lose your friendship, so you better not talk about it. So what do you do? You don't. You hold on to it. And it festers. And it grows. And it's like a cancer that just starts sucking the life out of you. But if I talk about it, you're going to think bad about me. If I talk about my problems, you're going to think I'm bad and not want to be around me anymore. Well, that's just the opposite of what I'm thinking. I'm worried about what's going on in me, not what's going on in you. When you start sharing what's going on in you, I start thinking, whoa, my stuff's not quite so bad. <laughs> hey, talk some more. It's actually making me feel better because I can help you. I'm outside, and I'm looking from the outside in at you, and I think, man, you look like you got it all together. You're so smart. You're so strong. You're so capable. Yeah, we've got this problem over here, but look at what you're capable of. I'm not going to condemn you for what you're doing, but hey, stop focusing on this and start focusing on the right thing. And then what starts happening in my heart is I'll after I then deal with their problem, now they start dealing with mine. And I'm like, yeah, I did just give them down the road about their stuff. I'm going to have to sit here and listen about mine. And what happens is somebody with wisdom and filled with the Spirit starts to hit it and pull it out and start to offer me freedom. And they don't run from me when I say I, what I've done. Family doesn't run. Family shouldn't. We might run for a minute, but then we've got to be right back together when it's dinner time. Then we go to our rooms for a couple hours, then it's breakfast. And i got to talk to you again. Well, are we over that yet? No. 
Okay, well, I'm leaving. I'll be back at lunch. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay. The problem even in marriage is we pull back and we stop talking. We stop communicating. And then division starts. There is something so powerful about truth. It just removes every dark place within your heart, within your head, within your spirit. It removes it. There's nowhere else to go but up. When you get to the truth, sometimes it's a low spot, but there's nowhere to go but up. There's, you are now ready to build when you're, when you're on truth. When you're not on truth, nothing you build will stand. Isn't that good? It hurts, but it doesn't hurt long. Covering it up hurts a lot longer. So I want to encourage you. Um, also, on Wednesday night before 6.30 is going to be a small group at 6 o'clock. I believe it's probably going to be in Burton's class unless there's so many people come out that we have to either split it or put it in a bigger room. And uh, Dr. Jeff Plant and Tracy are going to be teaching, is, are going to be facilitating that small group. So I want to encourage you to come out at 6 and get fed. Rub arms. Talk about stuff. It's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be so good. I'm going to be in there if I can. If not, I'm going to be help, helping Carl cook. That's almost a tongue twister. Helping Carl cook. Carl and Carlton and Bud. I don't know how long I can make it in that room with those three guys. <laughs> and they probably wouldn't want me in there with them anyway. So, uh, <laughs> Hey! <laughs> Touche. Touche. It is true. Hey, we get to the truth. Now we can build on that. <laughs> All right. John chapter 6. You remember what we've been talking about? It's been so good. Jesus is dealing with those people. He's just fed them, and now he's saying, hey, you keep coming back, not because of what I've got to give you. You keep coming back because I fed you. But you're missing the point, and I want you to get the point. Now we pick it up in verse 27. John chapter 6, verse 27. This is from the message. Don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides. He and what He does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. It's so easy to want to stand on our own word, on our own thoughts, on our own traditions, on our own ways of doing things. But the Lord says, don't hold on to that. Hold on to the one thing that will not waver. Hold on to the one thing that puts God on the hook to respond to. You hold him on to your stuff, he's not going to respond to your stuff. He will respond to his. When you follow his word, he is obligated to do it. He is, he is bound to his word. I love that. That if I will follow the right instruction, I will get the right result. But if I follow the wrong one, I will not get God's result. I'll get mine. How many of you have ever put together children's toys? Have you ever followed your own instruction? One year I got multiple battery-powered riding toys. 
God, I go out and kill myself. What was I thinking? Christmas morning, having to put these complex things together. I always wind up with too many parts of one thing and broken parts of other things. And But one time, uh, my brother, my sister-in-law, and we got the same thing, and we put them together. We put them together together, <laughs> and we did one, and then the second one flew by. You know, we got our heads on straight on the first one, and then we're ready for the second one. And I will tell you, with the Word of God, if you will just start, it gets easier because it proves itself. It's like doing a math problem. Something I always liked about math is there was always an answer. There was always an answer to it. Sometimes in these things with school, they're, it's kind of judgment calls. When you have to write essays and teachers are having to grade them, I would think that's so hard on the teacher and it's hard on the student. Because to really know what the student knows and you try to write it down and you try to explain it, sometimes you explain it well, but you don't really know it. Sometimes you don't explain it well, but you know it. But with math, it's an easy answer. With the Word of God, it is, it is true, and it is doable, and it's understandable. Now, maybe in your own um, making, sometimes things are hard to understand, but the Holy Spirit is on the hook to teach you. He will be right there with you to teach you. And when you get confused, and you will, if you'll just start trying to dig, He'll show you. Sometimes that's through other people. Sometimes that's just through the still small voice in your head. Sometimes it's through a lightning bolt that strikes 10 feet away from you. I'm not supposed to go that way. <laughs> okay, I need to go this way. Anybody here ever had a lightning bolt? I have. I'm not getting it. Oh, I need to go this way. But usually it's through people. For me, it's most of the time through my wife. God gives you people to help you. Okay, so let's keep going. Holding on to the right word. Did you get that? Don't waste energy eating the wrong food. Eat the food that sticks with you, nourishes you for lasting life. What the Son of Man provides. And he and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. Verse 28. To that they said, well, what do we do to get in on God's works? Jesus said, throw in your lot with the one that God has sent. That kind of commitment gets you in on God's works. We know who the one is, right? Who is the one? It's Jesus. He's the one that's there. He's the one that's talking to him. For us, it is his word Throw your lot in with the word that God has sent. Um, I, I, I tell you all how, how much the Lord speaks to me when I'm running. Well, the Lord spoke to me again this week on, when I was running. And it was on this, uh, I, I don't know where you all stand with this. This is probably going to be a little bit of a controversial hot button, a little bit within the church, but this prosperity message. There's so many people that want to now reject this prosperity message that everybody's just trying to get your money and um, it's not true and uh, that God does not work like like many back in the 90s and the 2000s taught on this prosperity message. And I want to say that there is some truth to that. 
um, I do not believe that God is a God who sits with a full bank account just waiting to just pay us a check every time we just ask Him for it. All that would do is spoil me. But He is a God that if I will go out and work my field according to the way He's told me to work it, pray over it, get, a, get other people around me to help bless it and to, and to work that ground and to pray over it and me do my part, God will do His part. He's on the hook for it. He will do His part that if I sow according to His word, I will reap 10, 40, 100 fold. Go out and plant one corn seed and look how much corn you get. A lot more than you put in. And what did you do to get that? Nothing. You scratched the ground, you stuck it in the ground, you might have watered it a little bit, kept a weed away. But what did you do to make that thing split apart, grow up to be this tall thing that has all this food on it? Nothing. God did it. God said, if you'll just take my seed, just take my seed, just take my seed and put it in the ground. And I want you to work it. If weeds want to come up, and let me tell you, you got weeds. That may be a word for you today. You got weeds. That doesn't make you um, disqualified. That means you're alive and you're still breathing. It means you're human. It means you've still got a chance. So you got weeds. What do you do with them? You pull them up. And you don't break them off at the top. You pull them up from the root. I got taught by that by my mother. Have nightmares. Pull them up by the root or they'll come back. You take your lawnmower and mow over them, they'll come back with a vengeance. If you pull them up by the root, they're gone. That one's not coming back. The Lord would say, take my seed, put it in the ground. I want you to water it. I want you to take care of it. Just scratch the ground. Keep the ground in good shape. Keep the keep the bunny rabbits and stuff. My cat drug in a bunny rabbit. Tried to bring it in the house. Do y'all know we have cat issues? And we're really not a cat family, but we are. Poor thing has a mangled up head because it got burned in my car. Got to Planet Fitness and got stopped working out to save my cats underneath my car. Not my cat. Yeah, it's under your car. Sure enough, there he is. Mangled up head. Hair still won't grow back. Goes out and gets in the fight. Gets the thing cut back open and $400 later. Stayed four days in the kitty hospital with a drainage tube. And I mean the poor kitty. I mean, <laughs> poor kitty. My poor cat drug in a bunny rabbit. He brought one in before alive and my my girlfriend, my, my daughter's boyfriend <laughs> did I say my girlfriend? That, yeah. My, my <laughs> you guys give me a break. My daughter's boyfriend got it out of its mouth and rescued it. Probably to be killed by something else the next morning, but it lived. But the, this cat brought in a dead one. 
Huh? Dinner? Not this time. We'll eat the cat later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Chinese food. By the way. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about? How did I get off on a cat? I don't know where we, I don't, say again? Okay, prosperity message. Let's just pick it up in verse 30. <laughs> Sowing seed. Oh, taking care of your seed, keeping the bunny rabbits out, which my cat was doing. Okay. Take care of your seed. But you've got to get the seed and get it sown. How do you sow seed? Find the Word of God and start doing it. And by the way, while you're doing it, tell God you're doing it. Hey, God, sowing seed right here. Just want to make sure you're paying attention. Okay, I'm paying attention. I got it. Thanks for telling me, but I'm watching you. It's okay. I got it. Okay, I just wanted you to know, sowing seed. Do you know that Moses went back to God many times to contend for the things that he needed, even though God had already told him to do it? He goes back to do it, and then God says, ah, let's just wipe them out. Let's just wipe those people out. I'll let you start all over. Moses said, wait a minute. You said this about your people, and I'm believing for your people. He had a heart for his people, and he contended with God, and God saved those people. God listens to you. When you're struggling, but you're taking his word, and you're following it through, Moses sat there and said, God, don't wipe them out. You said this. You know what God said? You know what? I did say that. Okay. Take his word and do it and start talking to God. God, I'm doing your word. God says, okay, you are doing that word. Did you notice that weed that just popped up? Okay. I'm going to go pull that weed up. God, I'm pulling the weed up. All right, make sure it doesn't come back. That's going to get your seed if you don't, if you don't watch it. Get that. Okay, that kind of hurts. That's part, of, that's part of my struggle, but okay, I'll get that weed. Okay, just wait. That seed's about to come up. Just wait. Here it comes. Here it comes. Boom. Oh, my goodness. It's like John just saying, I want to say thank you a thousand times. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of when God moves in your life. Verse 31 they waffled. Why don't you give us a clue about who you are, just a hint of what's going on. When we see what's up, we'll commit ourselves. Show us what you can do. Moses fed our ancestors with bread in the desert. It says, in the, it says so in the scriptures, he gave them bread from heaven. Verse 20, 32, the real significance of the scripture is not that Moses gave you bread from heaven, but that my father is right now offering you bread from heaven. The real bread, the bread that God came down out of heaven and is giving life to the world. The problem with the world is they want the, they want the results first. God says, I will not work that way. I've given you the bread, now take the bread and I want you to work that bread and do, it, do with it what I said and I promise you, I will be faithful. God, do a sign. Just go ahead and feed us now. No, you're focused on the wrong thing. Do my word. I need you to operate in faith. Faith takes time to produce. When we let our faith out, we do not all of a sudden pull a trigger and we get everything that we need and ding, 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 all the money falls out. No, 
your faith has to be proven, and God is pleased by faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. God's saying, you've got your things backwards. Get the Word in you and start to work that Word. Put that Word out and watch what I will do with that. I will not get ahead of my Word. Do you follow this? They're saying, okay, just go ahead and do what we need. No, take my word, plant it, sow it. They jumped in at that, Master, give us this bread now and forever. Verse 35, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more and thirsts no more ever. I have told you this explicitly because even though you have seen, and seen me in action, you don't really believe me. Can you see that? That miracles aren't enough to move your heart. When you get Him in your heart and you start to flow in what He has called you to do and He starts to bless what you do, that sinks in. But when Daddy shows up with a big check, all I do is go blow it. But when He genuinely, have you ever had an aha moment? Have you ever had a moment when truth got spoken into your heart and it turned you forever? You can't be unturned. There's something different in that and then somebody that just bought you a meal. I get hungry again. I'm the bread of life. I don't remember where I finished off. Every person the Father gives me a turn eventually comes running to me. And once that person is with me, I hold on and I don't let go. I came down from heaven not to follow my own whim, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. Here's where it's really going to get good, and I'll finish with verse 40. Verse 39. This, in a nutshell, is that will. Now, is anybody's attention stirred? Jesus is saying, this, in a nutshell, is that will that God has called me to do, that Jesus has been called to do. That everything handed over to me by the Father be completed. Not a single detail missed. And at the wrap up of, up of time, I have everything and everyone put together, upright and whole. His will at the end of time to have everything and everyone put together, upright and whole. This is what my Father wants. That anyone who sees the Son and trusts who He is and what He does and then aligns with Him will enter real life, eternal life. My part is to put them on their feet alive and whole at the completion of time. Do you see what, Je what the will of God for Jesus was? Is to put us on our feet Alive and whole. Whole lacks nothing. He says here, this is what my father wants, that anyone who, see, who, who sees the son and trusts who he is and what he does and then aligns himself with him gets what? This is not just coming to church on Sunday. It is literally allowing Jesus to change your direction. I don't know if you can see my little green light. To literally be transformed. To be changed. 
to allow the Spirit of God to come in you and change your direction, your thinking, your belief, to transform your mind, to change, to be equipped to complete what the Father has determined. This transformation is part of the will of God for Jesus to be done in us. It's so much bigger than us, but we're the part of it, is to get us right standing, upright, walking, alive, full, never to have a need, and whole. Do you remember the, the passage where the ten lepers were healed and one returned back to Jesus to thank him? And he said, where's the other nine? And he's like, I don't know, but I'm here. Thank you for what you did in me. And the Lord says, your faith has made you whole. I believe something different happened to the one than happened to the nine. I believe the nine were delivered from leprosy, but I believe the one was made whole. I once heard Eddie Turner, former pastor of... Uh, a Trinity Assembly once say that leprosy, people that were lepers sometimes would lose uh, tips of their fingers or part, body parts or it would just, things would rot off and fall off. And his take on it, take it for what it is, I want to believe this to be true, whole is whole. If I'm missing a finger, I'm not whole. I believe he got his finger back. I believe something incredibly miraculous happened. You may say, how can that happen? Well, let me tell you, God formed that person whole in the womb. Why can't he form us whole outside the womb? What's the difference? Either he's the creator or he isn't. If he can create in the womb, he can create outside the womb. What he desires in you is to make you whole. I'm telling you, this is so unbelievable, yet we pass on it daily. We just pass on it. Pass. Don't. Stop going after the stuff that isn't working and go after the one thing that works. The one thing that works is the Lord, is His Word, is His Spirit, is His direction, is His heart and His will toward you. And Jesus' will toward you is being poured into him by the Father. That he complete this work that he desires to be done in me and in you. I want to encourage you as I close. I've gone late tonight. Um, as we do these meals, invite people. Invite people and pour into them. Go and make disciples. Go and do what the Lord's called you to do. We're going to have an avenue for where you can feed them and feed them for cheap. People will eat. And when you sit down to eat, they'll talk. I sit down with a couple of my friends, and when I sit down to eat, I can't hardly keep but say what's on my heart. When we're running from, from this door to that door shaking hands, you're not going to get in my heart. There's not enough time. You didn't give me food. Give me some food. I'll stick around a little bit longer, and I'll munch on it. And I might tell you something that's in my heart. There's something connected to food. Jesus didn't feed those 5,000 just because they were hungry. He knew it was the way to their heart. They showed up the next day. 
There's something significant. So there's something significant about us sitting down and breaking bread together. But don't just eat. Make disciples. Share your heart. Share your testimony. Ask people questions and listen. Listen to what they're saying. And don't necessarily try to fix everything that's wrong with them. Just listen and be there. And when they open the door, walk in. God's so good. You may say, I've never ministered to somebody. Great. You're the perfect person to minister to them. The Spirit of God is in you. Let's do this. Invite people. Let's let's wear out Carlton for that comment he made about me being in the (laughs) kitchen. You know, that would just bless that would just bless the Lord so much if we just got overwhelmed with people that wanted to come in here and eat. Because what they're going to get is they're going to get the, a spirit-filled group of people. A transformed group of people that are just battling stuff ourselves. I know you are. I am. We're all battling something. But it's a tool in my life to help you through what you're going through. And what you're battling is a tool in your life, is a is a uh, you know, it says that we overcome Satan by the word of our testimony. We overcome by what we're walking through. And by the blood of the Lamb. So awesome. Come, come at 6 o'clock to the small group and then stick around and let's eat together. Would you pray? Would you pray that the Lord will just start to, start to build this church in relationship, into solid relationship? You know, Jesus desires a solid relationship. You know, and he said, if if we could just wrap up the entire law, love the Lord and love each other. If you'll do those two things, everything else will work itself out. So can we make a commitment through the month of uh, September to love each other? Wednesday nights, we're going to come in here and we're going to love each other. Bearing with one another. Yeah, I got to bear with you, and you got to bear with me. We're going to be working. We're going to be serving, and we're going to be eating. Make some good brownies. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.